It was all a pipe dream Watching bodyboarding up on TV Deep at reef, watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah, we were so keen Surfing Aussie pipe, buying Riptide Eating shit pies, maybe get high Okay, g'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast The home of bodyboarding Thank you for joining us on episode 18 of our Verbal Journaling And I'm your host, Luke O'Connor Okay, well, today's guest, ladies and gents, is a multifaceted water freak, I'd say, through bodyboarding and surfing. You know, he's conquering some of the largest waves on planet Earth over in his hometown of Nazare. He's the star of the Taboo series where he puts on show some world-class boogan uh, coupled with some incredible surfing. And he's in a probably a transition stage in his life right now, going from backwards and forwards between two different disciplines and it's really cool to have him on the podcast to hear about how his life's going and all the I guess progressive and out there things that he's been tackling over the last couple of years it's great to have you on Antonio Cardoso thank you thank you so much for this invitation uh, it's actually uh, I'm excited to do this because it's my first podcast ever and I'm stoked to talk to people, you know, pass the message, you know, what's going on. Uh, it's been a while without uh, competitions and, um, and you know, the competition uh, was um, where I was really, really happy because I was doing what I really wanted to just achieve um, new goals and uh, more trophies to my garage, you know, and uh, yeah, I just uh, lost that competitive vein, you know. Um, so you've lost that competitive vein, Antonio, but you've been focusing your energy a lot on um, free free surfing, especially big wave bodyboarding and big wave surfing. Can you tell us a little bit a bit about that in your hometown of Nazareth? Of course, Ross. So, yeah, um, basically uh, when I was doing this, um, uh, the world tour, um i was you know i was avoiding this um, this uh, big movement in my hometown which is big the big wave surfing toe wind surfing and um and bigger uh, the the biggest waves in the world and uh, a lot of people are traveling here to challenge themselves to catch their biggest the biggest wave of their life you know it's a totally different sport for me um I'm still adapting to this world and um, was a really smooth uh, transition because I started working. I didn't start straight away surfing those big waves because I'm not a surfer, you know. I'm, I've been doing bodyboard all, all my life since 12 years old. Uh, but I started to drive the jet ski because it's a really big uh, um, issue here. You need, f- for surfing big waves, you need to, to be really good driving the jet ski because you also need a partner and you need to trust your partner so you need to be really good at it so you can so this can be a functional team you know out there and safety first all the time so i start working with a french guy a filmmaker um his name is lohan pujol uh, he's one of the main ones, you know, water, water footage all over the world. He works a lot in Hawaii with the main surfers. So he wanted to come here to shoot the biggest waves ever. Um, and then he was paying me uh, per day uh, 1,000 euros just to drive him safely out there if it was just half an hour or eight hours a day. So I end up, you know, um, uh, losing um, this fear of the big waves because I was close close to the action that visual impact wasn't anymore you know like uh, uh, deadly you know for me so I was you know comfortable in such uh, you know adrenaline and uh, scary situations I, I could be more comfortable because I spent too much time with him and then, yeah, it, I just filmed the biggest waves in the world of everybody. And then I, I said to myself, man, fuck, I can't do this, you know. I can't do this too. I just need to get comfortable with the equipment. My board is 9 kilos. My surfboard is 5'10 and 9 kilos. So you can see um, you, need, you need really heavy boards to surf these uh, this big waves. You know what I'm talking about? Look, it's just a different world, different equipment. Everything is different, you know? 
Yeah, for sure, man. And what was that exact moment that you said to yourself out whilst driving um, the jet skin, obviously 30, 40, 50, 60 foot waves and, and above, I guess. What was that exact moment where you said to yourself, I can, you know, throw my feet into a tow board, you know, I can let go of the rope and I can scale a 60 foot face uh-huh. that's just moving it at in incredible speeds and has been jacked up through, you know, a uh, a natural phenomenon um, on the ocean floor that doesn't really occur anywhere else in the world. The, the way those waves are formed and the power centralised in on one point is is unbridled. It's 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 fucked up, man. Like the, it's, the, the, true, like, it's true. It's You need crazy. a team. You need a team. And also, uh, Laurent Pujol, you know, he was a, uh, before he was a professional surfer. So we were the best team out there because he could read my mind. We, sh- we didn't even to commu- need to communicate, but he knew straight away in my eyes that, okay, I could position myself really well. So I'm a surfer. I, I read these waves as they do. So, uh, it was a really easy adaptation for surfing for me. And because I, I just, absorb all all of this information and then when i just first catch my first wave that was really productive and really easily for me but in the second year of work it's when i was really you know starting to think okay man i want to do this you know i don't want to be here just driving the jet ski all the time for someone else on a bodyboard for how long antonio before this like how long had you free surfed since since, uh yeah 12 years old i was just learning i was fucking scared of the waves and here it's really and how old are you now i'm i'm 30 now so i finished uh bodyboarding uh, not finished come on i just finished the competitions on 2017 because that was the last year I compete um, I won the GSS event here at home uh, in Nazaré uh, and after that I felt like um, okay I'm going to use this money of the French guy the French filmmaker and I'm going to, to do the trip of my life I'm going to Australia come on all um, all winter season, I spent three months uh, in your country, and I drove a lot, fifteen thousand kilometers, something like that, with a caravan, with one more uh, bodyboarder, uh, my friend Antonio Saraiva. Uh, he's been there plenty of times. Legend and, of a block. Yeah, Legend. I love that guy. So humble and uh, perfect to share the trip with. And then, yeah, uh, we brought a filmmaker too, a Portuguese guy. And, um, bro, every single Ricardo Pina? Yes, yes. So where the swell was going, that red eye uh, traveling, I just wanted to make sure I was there close in the best coastline um, with the right winds, right swell. And, bro, I surfed the waves of my life. So this was after 2017 season of competing. You're now in 2018 or was it 2019? 2019, I went to Australia because yeah, there was a period, 2017, I finished my the world tour and then 2018, because I won the, the GSS event and I had a lot of um, traveling before I put it all together and I make uh, the movie, New Age, the movie. So that was a, a closing chapter for me, you know, making this video happen and putting all together uh until the last achievement that i had it's a dream come true you know for a kid for a bodyboarder competitive bodyboarder to want to win a gss event you know particularly at home so i was so stoked that i wanted to just show to to the bodyboard world that i achieved this goal and uh, you know i just made a movie about it and after that, bro, right, man. you should be very proud of your achievements. Yeah, I know. I did the cinema. There was a lot of um, a lot of uh, Australians there. I was happy. I congratulate uh, them too because they 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 are you know Australian people. They are a big motivation for me because not just about the talented uh, bodyboarders there are out there just uh, you know uh, going crazy on those uh, heavy slabs, but. Besides that, it's all about it. It's you know, it's how they breathe bodyboarding. It's how they edit bodyboarding clips. You know, so I was really motivated by them. Uh, thank you. And that's who was I'm... one of your favorite editors or writers coming out of Australia? 
uh, bro, I meet them, uh, I meet a bunch of them, but, um, I really, I really liked, um, uh, the photographer Josh Tabone because I traveled a lot with him because he was doing part of this, um, uh, bodyboarding world tour. And uh, I shared some, uh, conversations with him and, you know, he's a really open mind guy. And, uh, I was happy that he was present in the, in my, premiere at home and the house was full and he was congratulating me and you know he was happy to be there with the crew um but yeah bro the main uh, bodyboarders that i really love it's uh it's the main ones forever it's um uh, ben player mitch rollins i know those guys are a little older now they don't uh, surf that much but they are they are still the best you know and the, oh, they're still legendary they're still they're legends still forever in the water every day and still rip antonio they probably yes. will never stop ripping you know even when they're 60 70 80 they can barely walk they've got walking sticks you know maybe they've got some arthritis <laughs> in their knees and laying all those heavy backflips they're popping fish oil tablets but that they'll be in the lineup still taking waves off anyone and everyone in a respectful manner and just tearing them to fucking shreds, like tearing the face off them. Uh, I want to say, uh, I want to say that um, uh, there's a free surfer that I met in uh, South Australia, Max, uh, Max Dodgen. And he was, uh, he was also one of the main guys uh, in that trip because his presence in the lineup, you know, calm. uh, I was really calm because of him and uh, I respect them, com- they, their commitment, uh, and uh, I just want to say that I'm grateful t- for him to be there and present in the, those heavy sessions down t- South Australia. Yeah. Yeah, sick. That's great. There's a bunch of new kids reaping, and I love to watch all of them, really. Who do you like the most who's, who's coming up, even from, from home or from around the world? Is anyone who you really love clicking into their clips or, you know, scrolling over their Instagram from time to time being like, shit, that's the next generation, y'all? <laughs> yes. I love uh, speaking more about the Portuguese uh, here in Europe. I love to watch uh, Stefanos Cocorellis. Steph Cockerell is it's uh, it's a great talent, and that kid is just uh, uh, when he's when he jumps into the water, he's just better and better and better. You know, that kid never stopped. You know, getting better, and uh, I just want I just I'm curious about where is the, where is this kid going? You know, because once I um, once I said to my bodyboard sponsorships that you know. I want to step up on the big wave surfing, you know, and then they back off, backed off, and you know, so this they I lost the sponsor, but at the same time, this this kid they 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 got the sponsor back, you know, from Pride Bodyboards, and I'm I'm happy that Pride Bodyboards still investing and and it's committed to to sponsor these kids, these talented kids here in Europe, and the main ones are here in Portugal, you know, where Pierre Luis Costas lives. So I'm really, I'm happy, I'm stoked for them, you know, for this new generation here in Portugal. Yeah, that's epic, man. And have you felt like, you know, you guys are just coming into your autumn and soon to be winter. You guys have hopefully got good sand laid out on the banks of Nazare. Are you seeing a flock of bodyboarders coming back after the slow summer? Like, is is that on the cusp there? Yeah, I've seen yeah, because of Sintra Pro, uh, there was a lot of uh, people coming here. Um, I saw Ian Campbell two days ago in the supermarket just here in Nazaré. Tristan Roberts, I saw Louis Finnegan in the water too. Um, no, I'm, I'm in touch with the boys still. Uh, I'm, I'm glad they still visit Nazaré. Just this beach break is still in their plans. I mean... This is the best beach break in the world, in my opinion, for real. It's uh, sometimes it's not that consistent because it's super deep water. But once the first swell comes in, it clear cleans all that beach, all that sand, and pushes in, and the currents make this uh, A-frames, you know, look so sharp, looks so. It looks it looks amazing just for bodyboarding. But once it gets like uh, 1.5 meters up or 2. Zero with a good period kind of gets out of control, you know, or you just you're just an animal <laughs> to go out there and to deck dive all those big white washes and 
uh, and uh, paddle to the biggest ramps of your life or you just wait in the beach to get uh, some smaller sets. This is heavy, bro. This is the heaviest water I've surfed in my whole life. Heaviest Antonio, Antonio, I can hear so much passion in your voice, man, and that's something I've always admired every time I've talked to you or ran into you and obviously that three-month trip that, we, that you had over here in Australia, we did spend some time together. Like, how do you channel that passion? Because it seems like you've got a lot of energy and you're always thinking and always wanting to progress. Are there certain techniques and certain um, mantras that you follow to, to really get the best out of yourself, like harnessing that energy and passion? Hey, bro, uh, the most difficult part is um, it's this uh, passion coming f- from inside you, you know, like uh, inner you know, this inner voice that uh, speaks to you constantly. So I seek, I seek for that mo- inside motivation all the time because it's the most important one. It's, it, and it's mainly behind the scenes that, that's, that's all the work done, you know. That's the hardest part. It's always behind the scenes. So, you know, the easiest part is to go out there and to compete and do the competition or, you know, your exhibition, you know, your sessions, the, when the waves are pumping. That's the easiest part. The hardest part is what I'm doing now. It's uh, this commitment to several um, complementary uh, training that I need to do to survive to those conditions because, believe me, it scares me when I see such a such a big mama like that. It scares me. I... I, I don't think I'm going to die, you know, but I'm going to pass through a lot. And I've never been unlucky here in Azure. i always been cautious, been really conscious about... i never been really, you know, um, heavily, heavily pounded, okay? Uh, so I do a lot of swimming pool training. Uh, I do two sessions per, per week. I go to the gym and um, and I do a lot of uh, bicycle, you know, uh, cycling. Um, all around Nazare, all around this um, um, this forest here, the mountains. Um, I just put my headphones and there I go. Uh, <laughs> just throw it in and you just get the fever of the road. You just love having those repetitive um physical tasks in front of you and you can just get down to training and prepare yourself for the big moments like the big show the big dance yeah bro that's the that's it that's uh that's why how how i train and i just want to feel my heart beat that um that uh, high frequency just to know i'm capable of on that one race just to go downhill on that bigger bigger wave and um, I'm looking for sponsorships now that's another thing it's always in my mind you know to, to keep this dream alive so I, I need to always be fighting you know it's a hard life as an athlete as a surfer nowadays it's it's really uh, you need to, to do this work of communication and to be in uh, present in some several events be part uh, even if you don't want to compete you go to the competition you 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 celebrate with the winners. You know, you need to be part of it, you know, pass your message. And Antonio, here, do you feel like in this day and age, an athlete has to become almost entrepreneurial to continue on their journey throughout their chosen sport? Just because, as you mentioned then, all the facets that, you, you know, the boxes that you have to tick to continually survive, marketing yourself and putting yourself out there as a proposition as a business tool is that something that you have had to work on during your time as a professional athlete yes and i see a lot of people doing the same you know uh, most of them they are some of them when they grow older they are not just surfers you know they are mentors they are they are managing um, their own projects rather it's a, a charity uh, or a, a company just to uh, you know, just to um, to preserve the planet, or just there's you know normal. Basically, they're, they're surfing their surf school. You know, they manage all of that, so they they need to pass the message to all of those people, and we just need to keep you know passing the message and to and to feel happy with it. You know, just because this it's what it means to you. It's preserving the world. Uh, uh, 
the oceans to stay clean and to to pass this message to the next generations your passion you know besides uh, all of those goals and all of the challenging yourself you know they know they know that you're good but let them know how you get there you know let them know what do you train how how do you how do you achieve your goals uh, how work how hard do you work you know people need to how know how do you that. betray that to your sponsors though antonio have you had to learn over time to market and betray yourself in a certain way or have you found a formula in this forever changing landscape that we see ourselves in today you know everything's so fast paced everything's got to be new you know people are barely were barely um listening to you know anything over 30 seconds for a minute of of um sound bites or video bites these days just because of our attention span and 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 how we flick from one thing to another now phones constantly keeping us engaged like a little pokey machine just constant images and colors and lights going off how do you win over those sponsors you know what i mean like what's your game plan bros so sponsorships they mainly want communication they want the hypes of the you know the hypes of the um, exposition they want you to for me they want me to catch the biggest wave out there for for the season it's just six month season so the sponsors just want to be you know spoken and uh, you know i'm working now with um, with a managed team uh, they can manage all of that the communication sending emails whatever i really don't want to know much about it um because it's their job i my main job it's still going it's still i'm an athlete bro i want to keep focusing on you know straight to the business big waves and barrels that's it so i'm i'm always searching for sponsorships now i'm i'm um, sponsored by quicksilver and some several companies in uh, in french that have all of this surf equipment so that's my main sponsor at the moment and we never know the people that we meet in the in the street we always need to be sweet and kind to people and one day i was helping a um, uh, search school with my friend my friend has his own search school and he called me hey just help me out i have a bunch of people here okay i went there and i i, I was teaching surfing okay just just there's a procedure has a normal teacher and then there was a guy you know a swiss guy just I want, I know you're a bodyboarder. I don't want to do surf today. I want to do boogie, you know. So I I sent all of the other surfers to the water, and then this boogie, uh, I didn't know he, who who he is. So I was I treat him with kindness. I taught him everything well, so he can be safe out there for the first time and to enjoy. Main thing to enjoy. And the guy was frothing and so happy of the time I I. I, I share my knowledge with him and he was so stoked to be with me at, there at the moment that he went back home, he kept uh, following me and uh, I bought my jet ski for working out in this, you know, with several filmmakers or, or teams or surfers that require me to do the job. I bought my jet ski and the guy came to visit me from Switzerland he went out on a jet ski with me on a huge day, stormy day, like 20 meters high. You know, there was surfers out there that wanted to surf, but they couldn't. The conditions were, you know, heavy, bro. And the conditions, when it's windy like that, it's, it can compromise everything. You know, the safety of the jet ski can go to the rocks. It's heavy, bro. So he he was in the jet ski with me. He saw all of it. And, and then he realized, fuck, no, this is a great business. You know, the lighthouse is full of people watching here. We can die here, you know, just it's a heavy thing. So he went back home. He realized he, he, he does some documentaries for the TV, uh, Italian TV. Um, and then he realized, no, I can actually do a documentary about this kid. You know, he's He's the only one surfing here in Nazareth because that's the truth. My All my friends, they are bodyboarders. Nobody wants to surf this wave. And from locals, there's no other local that want to surf big waves. There's there's some kids surfing, stand up, but they you know they they are not into the big surfing world. So just just to say that this guy turned out to be a sponsor for me. He pays me uh, to do this, uh, to pay the maintenance for the jet skis, to to pay my personal training on the swimming pool, to pay the footage, the photos that I need to buy it. You know, all of that work that we need to do for the sponsorships, for the promotion. He's giving me those tools, you know. So 
I already start with the with the right foot here. Now, from 30 years old that I am at the moment, I don't imagine my life differently. So I just want to keep treating people really with kindness, with passing this you know this passion that I have, and keep you know also keep traveling the world. But at the moment, I'm really focusing now on what's happening here in my town. It's the place to be. And you're gonna hear from me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna send it on a big one, bro. You know. I'm, yeah, I no, know dude. That. I have bloody no doubt when, when you say that. I can hear it in your voice, Antonio. You don't have to convince me, sir. I can see almost a fire burn in your eyes, and I can see a seventy, eighty, ninety footer just sitting in the back of your pupil, <laughs> going, "Ride me, ride me, baby." Yes. What yeah. um. What do you reckon about big wave bodyboarding, Antonio? Like you're out there on a surfboard at the moment. Obviously, they're weighted boards and, you know, there's a whole different equipment uh-huh. set up that you need to bring to the table for big wave surfing. How, how do you think big wave bodyboarding can fare out at Nazareth? Do they have to change the equipment up? Do we have to get fiberglass weighted boards in the shape of a bodyboard? Like, you know, what's next, mate? Hey, bro, I wish you could see my garage, Look, I wish you could see, but the thing is, I have like 70% or 80%, it's like all surfing, you know, stand-up equipment, and the rest is bodyboarding, but I have the, I have the brand new boards down there, and the, um, believe me, I will do bodyboarding when I cannot, you know, I cannot drop in a surfboard. I mean, when this happens... There's no surfers out there. There's just only bodyboarders. So when the conditions are like that or there's perfect conditions for somewhere else here on the coastline to Edisaida, which is a really small um, uh, it's a really small region and it really looks like Australia because it's full of reef breaks. And um, I, I drive my car right to the business, you know, just to make bodyboarding and to go to the slabs. Because I know that our sport is really special and our sport deserves to be done in, in special conditions too. Because, look, I'm, I'm way more motivated right now to grab all these different surfboards, uh, to surf different kind of waves. I wasn't motivated to go on the small waves anymore with a boogie. And now I am with a surfboard, you know, because I can, you, I can, I can enjoy the conditions. Before, now I, I'm not getting... In return, I don't have that that joy when I'm surfing small waves. So I know that I'm 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 not I'm in the level of bodyboarding that I you know I, I know I have this feeling that I that I am one of the best bodyboarders in the world. But I don't need to do it every day. I just need to wait for the right conditions for those special conditions for our our bodyboard to be special. You know to win. And uh, here in Azere, I need to wait for those rampy days that are condensing, wedging. Those days, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna grab my surfboard. No, it's not functional at all. Really, it's it's too quick. I can break the board. No, 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 no functional. Let's fly. Let's get this barrel and bam, <laughs> reverse again. So, or rather, or rather, it's these beach breaks, you know, just wedging that much, or just some slabs that it's quite impossible to surf, you know, stand up. So, bro, I'm so excited. I just want to do this both sports in the highest level, in the best way that I could, can, uh, can be just, and enjoy the conditions and break the ice between two sports once and for all. And, uh, and, and just want to people to notice that, you know. I was just going to ask you that, and Antonio, it seems like you are breaking down the boundaries between surfing and bodyboarding, alike to a lot of other people around the world um, who are also at a very high standard in the water and can see both crafts, crafts as like, functional. Like Tahure, you know, that Tahitian. Uh, yes, man. Yep. So he's a great example of that. He, he, I know that that guy, when he grabs the boogie, he will do that... Uh, uh, riptide cover again. Remember that uh, huge barrel that he pulled in, bro. That's uh, that's mental. He that guy just job's done. Job's done for him. And now he's standing up, bro. I can't imagine how f- how uh, motivated and excited that guy is. For sure, but I mean, and he's also not forgetting his roots, which is bodyboarding, much like you are too, where you can go back to it in the right conditions. And I think it's 
key, like, you know, don't get me wrong, I admire someone who t- can take their chosen craft in any sort of conditions and dominate or not so much dominate it for, them, for, them, for themselves but to, to have fun within themselves and to, you know, utilise the waves to the best of ability. Like when I see someone who can surf one to two foot slop waves on a bodyboard really well and make it look stylish and functional, I completely take my hat off to them and I would probably happily cook them a home cook meal you know what i mean because <laughs> it's, it's a hard thing to do man you know yes, but then when true. you apply in the right waves it's one of the the you know still not the easiest thing to do but it's so functional and you can see why a bodyboard's got its place so you know when I, you are you know you, you know i'm a big wave you know i'm a big wave surfer i, I seek for the swell if there's no imagine bro if there's a one year without swell bro i would feel the saddest person in the world you know, what would I'm you addicted. do? I'm addicted to swell. What did I do? I just uh, yeah. What I, would you do with your time? I might, I might uh, train even harder because if there's no swell, this ocean is fucking loading and something big is coming. So I need to. I prepare. reckon you'd start like ice climbing, uh, or you'd start climbing mountains, yes, or you'd do, yes, yes. You know, yeah. like maybe even um, El Capitan vibes, like just doing free solo. Just don't just I wanna, step it up, man. I want to go to Nepal. There was a friend that did this base camp to walk uh, in those uh, ice walls uh, straight to the biggest mountain in the world, which is Himalayas, you know, Everest, the mountain. Um, I would love to do that, you know, just to be on the top of the world. There's, you cannot go higher than this, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I would I love to do that. I would love like eight to and, is about eight and a half kilometers above sea level, I think, Everest? Yes, yes, the the top of the mountain, it's the that same height. The thing is, the base camp, you know, it's one of the extreme things to do, it's to climb that mountain. It's really dangerous. You need to go with people really, really experienced, you know, and knowing what they're doing and to save your life. But this base camp... you could turn work. into like a frozen bodyboard sled up there, Antonio. Some people <laughs> don't come back from there, bro. <laughs> Yes, it's true. It's true. So that would be uh, a one one lifetime experience. The thing is, uh, this base camp only goes until five thousand kilometers high. Yeah, so it's, a, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's still a long walk. It's ten days walking. Yeah, five thousand k's above sea level is too, still super super high. Like you're going to get altitude sickness. Your oxygen levels yes, are going to be oxygen. decreased. Like yes. you're going to. You're going to be getting the bends in your stomach. There's going to be some crazy stuff going up there. I haven't personally done it myself, but I've got a good um, friend, Ruby Fields. She's actually um, made the journey up there. And another one of two of my good mates from school, Pierce Thomas and Alex Dumbrell, shout out to the boys. They've been to shout base out. camp there. and Shout out. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I take my hat off to them because that's an extreme climate, you know. Surfing all around the world is obviously extreme. You go to extreme locations, but altitude is not really going to come into it because you're always at sea level unless you get pushed underneath water so far, you know what I mean? But then you'd be just imploded with all the pressure of the ocean upon your small, you know, weak, scaly soul. (laughs) It's true, bro. It's true. That commitment that they have to for the base jump, you know, I'm happy to meet people like that, you know. Yeah, definitely. Have you met many people? Have you met many people in the last couple of years like that? Have you met um, some incredible, fearless souls that have just blown you away by you know their steely eye take on on extreme sport? Bro, yes. Uh, one of the guys that I met last uh, last couple of uh, seasons in here in Australia, it's an Australian guy. Uh, he called uh, Ollie. Ollie. Uh, he he doesn't have a Ollie Dusser? Yeah, he doesn't have a leg and he was paddling here with a big gun, bro, on some bombs, you know, and he has this uh, steel um, leg, you know, just, bro, yeah. watching him doing that, bro, it's really motivated me to go bigger and bigger because I wouldn't imagine myself without a leg doing this, you know. There's yeah, a lot of yeah, that's so cool. You draw an inspiration from that guy, man. I of see him around course, home a little course. bit. He's yeah, he trains super hard, and you know has made a lot of um, a lot of physical adaptations work to his advantage to get in the water and to tackle slabs like he does. And 
just the mental fortitude he shows to, to just get it done. Like, you know, I have a bad day, Antonio, sometimes, you know, just getting out of bed or having the shits with something that didn't go your way or, you know, yes. and then you just realize and look, and I'm, I'm sure you did too over the, the times watching him out that's there. Your, that's your problem is not that big, you know? <laughs> exactly. Your problem yes. is not that big. And just yeah. pull yourself together, get your finger out of your ass and just make it happen. Because... Make it happen, bro. And what if what if life it was easy, you know? It wasn't. wouldn't be the same, bro. I love living. I love the challenging and the, the difficulties of an athlete, you know? And uh, just, uh, you know, overcoming all of that is, for me is just, uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for what I achieved. And I cannot wait to tell you that I'm getting good at uh, barreling stand-up because I invested my last two uh, years spending the off-season in uh, Indonesia. Okay. Yeah, uh, I saw I, some desert point footage. Yeah. Look, epic, man. So that's where all those uh, surfers addicted for uh, perfection, uh, you know, they travel all, always there. And I, you know, I'm just meeting all of these new uh, people, uh, you know, passionate uh, by surfing world. They, I don't. I, I should have met them before, but I'm loving the process now, you know, because I'm doing the totally different, um, totally different evolution as a normal surfer. You know, a normal surfer, he starts like us, you know, 12 years old, 13, starting, getting good in technique, right, left. I, ha I had no none of that. I just started uh, four years ago on the big wave surfing, which is, you know, filling the rail for the first time, one side to another full speed so that's kind of a different surfing looks like it's not surfing at all it's like snowboarding in, in huge amounts of water and the avalanche it's it's not snow it's just water tons of water going after you and uh, believe me i just i don't want to catch the biggest wave in the world the biggest wave of course it's a, it's a, it's a feeling that I, you know i wanted to challenge myself in my biggest wave ever you know it sooner or later will happen I will be here. I have no rush. Next 10 years, I'll do this. So plenty of waves are to come. I just need to be seated on my jet ski, grabbing the rope, waiting for the right moment with my team, you know. But the main thing for me, it's uh, to perform on this big wave. So my next goal is to buy one of those uh, lighter boards, maybe six kilos. A lot of... Uh, um, they are really resistant. They don't break in such heavy, heavy waves. The, 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 these boards are kind of exper uh, expensive. It's like 2,000 euros a board. So, you know, I'm step by step here. I, I know I need some of that equipment to perform in the big ways as I want. But, you know, things take time. Good things take time. And, and uh, while I'm waiting for this, uh, you know, big steps uh, of investment, I'm just going to uh, Indonesia for the next seasons to be better and better on my technique. And one day when I have my quiver and when I have a bigger sponsorship of surfboards, I will go to the, you know, straight to the business again, as I did in bodyboarding world, going to Australia. But this time I might stop in Australia for some boogie, but then I go uh, straight to French Polynesia, to Chopo, to stand up on those barrels with the right equipment, you know, already trained a lot, like four or five seasons in Indonesia. So, you know, I follow my guts there and I know it's going to happen, you know, big barrels, standing up tall and then you know make sponsorships happy um what about a transition man whilst you're doing that obviously nailing your big waves um on your surfboard as you've set out on your mission and, and obviously that's a goal and something you want to master as a as a different feather in your cap but what about just having you know a stand-up session out there on 20 30 foot choke waves and then throwing a bodyboard underneath your arm and actually diving off your <laughs> surfboard whilst getting yes you will, so let's, yeah, I'm happy you are recording this because I don't know how much time we will, it will happen, but I hope it's soon, like in two years or something. I'm, I'm, I make sure I'm going to bring my boogie or two boogies inside of that huge surf bag and I'm going to French Polynesia I w and I will do both. Once I broke all my boards, bro, it's all about bodyboarding for the rest of the trip. But uh, I will do both, bro. I will do both in the same session. I will grab my boogie. I will do a huge barrel. And then I will grab my surfboard. And if it's too big, 
I just go towing, bro. I'm going to bring all that equipment and I just go tow. I want to pull in in the biggest barrel of my life. And I, I know. I know it's in Chopo. Talking you know? about the biggest bar of your life and, and obviously waves of consequence and, and places that are fond in your memory or, you know, places that are yet to be there. But obviously you've um, got your excitement levels running. Where, if I could put you on a plane right now, Antonio, where would you go? For perfect body body ways what are the perfect big ways for you so now we are uh, i would love to travel here for boogie for portugal because the season it's starting here but if you ask me you know the best place in the world to do boogie you know i would love to go to australia but, but i know it's the end of the season right now there but believe me bro the best place to be and to, to do bodyboarding it's in australia the thing is, the season is starting here, so I'm, I would might just choose uh, Canary Islands, you know, because it's really close here. We have plenty of slabs there, wedgie waves, ramps, 100% bodyboard waves. So that's, uh, that's my option, really, you know, Canary Islands. You know, bro, um, there's a lot of really good waves around the world for boogie, but my motivation is just to go straight to the perfection and to just Australia. It's, Australia, it's the best for me, really. It's the most place I've, it's the place I've been the more happy and the, and the, and the, and nature gave me just the precious wave, you know, in your country. Uh, I cannot yeah, believe I'm still satisfied of that wave. Dude, that wave should satisfy you for 10 lifetimes over. I look back on that footage sometimes and I was just happy to be there on the day. It's like as wide as it is high and it's on that double up inside ledge where all the good boog ones are at this certain bommy down south and the south coast of New South Wales. And geez, Louise. Oh, I remember that day, bro. So I went, I went to French Polynesia just uh, 10 days before, two weeks before that, so one week before that, because I was in the South Australia with my friends and, the, and the, there was 10 days without, you know, really good conditions. It's not worth it to, to drive all the way to the East Coast again. So just kept there and it was rainy and... And I said, I saw a huge swell, a huge eye of swell going straight to French Polynesia. So I just grabbed a flight to Sydney, then New Zealand. And then I spent 10 days in, uh, in Chopo. And then when I arrived, bro, there was this uh, mid swell full of periods south. And the, and the boys were frothing to go down south, south coast. So when I arrived to that wave, bro, just I couldn't believe. I woke up at 3 a.m., I don't know why, but I was, I wasn't feel, feeling, you know, I wasn't feeling well. I couldn't rest. My mind was spinning. I knew something special was coming. So I got out of my a caravan. I look at the stars. Another friend of mine just woke up, you know, excited for the swell. You could hear the waves breaking. I was kind of a little scared. I didn't know how much, uh, how, what, how big it was going to be, but I could, I could tell, you know, the waves are big. It's doing a lot of noise. So, bro, just when I got there, um, I, I really, I was really lucky because it was my first time surfing that wave and Ben Player was just outside my door speaking with, um, uh, uh, so, uh, Finland, uh, Jace Finlay. Yes, uh, Jace, and um, they were speaking, oh, Jace is going with his jet ski, and I, I'm going to pedal, you want to go? Yeah, I'm going with you, okay, let's let's go, let's do this, and then uh, I dressed really fast, my wetsuit, and Ben was already done, Ben player, and Tony, let's go, what are you doing? I'm ready, bro, my crew is here, bro. let's go, not waiting. Then I went, I ran after them, put my fins while they're already in the water, going all together, like six, uh, pedaling at the same time together. Bro, it scared me a lot, and I remember after 500 meters pedaling, uh, there was some rocks on the sideline, like little little islands. Uh, I couldn't even see; it was so dark. But I was I was fucking scared. It's super deep blue water. I never felt like that in my whole life. Oh man, it's the deep time, water out there. One second, one second looks like one minute. Because you're always thinking about the same thing. I couldn't relax. And then there was like a kind of backwash behind me doing some noise. And, and Ben was in the front and he looked, looked at me, open eyes. What was that? 
And then, man, that was nothing. Like that was a backwash from the from the little rocks. Okay, let's keep going. And the, bro, and we were still in the beginning. Come on, and that get, the reaction of that guy just scared me even more. And then when I <laughs> when I arrived there, plenty of jet skis. A lot of people were there. Shane Ackerman was in the you know in the front line on the lineup, back you know super far away. And I felt like, okay, just, okay, just, uh, I'm going to stay here in the middle, you know, between surfers, the stand-up big guns are out way more outside, you know, bodyboarders are way more in, so I'm just going to try to be here in the middle, you know. And I wasn't, I wasn't scared of the size of the waves. I, I even brought a little jacket under my, my wetsuit, you know, to feel more confident. Bro, and then when that wave came, it was really early, and I thought, no, this thing is just shaping really well on the inside. Come on, where is the takeoff here? I st- I didn't even start pedaling, and the the ones around me, Russell Birk, another surfer, was way outside. He knew that left was amazing. He wanted to go from behind the peak, but that thing was too steep for him. He knew straight away. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna do this. Let let these bodyboarders go. They are in the front. They are in the front. They're they're in a better position. And the, another one that was in the same position as me, a little further in, was um, uh, what is his name? Uh, uh, whatever. Um, I don't remember now. I'm gonna having a break, but. Uh, that guy was in the same line, and I remember a uh, band player saying to that to him, "Hey, look, look! Someone is coming behind!" And I was already jumping like the first jump of the the airdrop, like boom, straight down, bro, super steep, bro. And then and then when I just uh, land the first airdrop, I could see the wave, you know, like a football field in front of me, just sucking all the water, super clean and glassy. And then I still had another jump, airdrop, on the second time to the base of the wave where I just, you know, really scoop really well. I got really compact there. And then I got that extra speed. And then if, when I put my weight to the front, if, if, if my nose just goes a little, you know, dive, bro, I would have the craziest wipeout ever, bro. <laughs> I would be sucked by the lip. But everything went really well, bro. Just uh, the largest barrel I've been inside. Uh, and it's still, this image is still in my mind forever. And I'm so grateful. I'm so happy that I, that I said to myself, no, I'm going three months to Australia and I'm going to run all this, the coastline to catch the best waves of my life. And nature heard me, bro. Nature just heard me well, well, loud and clear. And she gave me that wave, bro. Because how? Uh, what's what's are what are the odds, bro? You know, there's 40 guys or 50 guys in the water. <laughs> All of them super experienced. They know what they're doing there. They know the waves that they want. So why that wave came to me in seems in in that spot, you know? Cramsey was really in front of me, uh, like three meters in front. He couldn't start pedaling. There was people uh, a little more in inside. They could not even pedal. That, that that was it. That was the right place to be. And I didn't even pedal that much. I saw the water sucking under my board, and I felt no. This is it. I'm in the right spot. One, two, three. Boom! I was there, bro. Inside that huge wall, going down, steep. Bro. Would you say that's the best wave of your life, Antonio? Of course, bro. Of course, looks like a huge chopo. Uh, but but it's not Chopo. It's uh, it's fucking Australia, the best place in the world where the best slabs are. And um, since kid, I see all of this footage, uh, all of these photographs from you know, crazy souls, surfer souls that uh, challenge their lives, bro. And they they are in the edge, bro. They are. Their life are in Man, the edge. Man, you work so well for Australian tourism, huh? You would just be. You would be our shining light because the way you've described Australia over the last half an hour is even making me blush, bros. You've got a you've got a love <laughs> affair with our country. Oh, I will, bro. I love that country. I love the people too. I was in Indonesia and I I met a lot of Australians. Um, bro, I have a special my I have a special place there, and my heart is part of my heart is is there, of course. I and think the, because I think you spend Portuguese a lot of time. People. Definitely get along um, really on the same well. Way. Uh, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy. Sure, yeah, I'm Good happy. Still, uh, friends, friends living there, working there, and still uh, 
having the chance to, to surf the best waves, I'm super glad. There's a lot of friends of mine just living in Sydney. I'm re- I, I will go back, don't you worry, I'll do a pit stop there. I hope we have some waves down south just to go, pam, <laughs> big barrel slabs. And then, yeah, I go to, to French Polynesia, bro. Or Fiji, yeah. you know, for the biggest wave yeah, of my life, right. standing yeah. up. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely. a goal. It's a goofy world, bro. I'm goofy. This is a goofy world, you know. I want to use my legs while I can, while I have them, you know, strong. <laughs> That's my goal. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Just um, one last question before we before we move to our um, final section, dude. I just wanted to know what's, you know, I've been thinking because you're obviously a master aerialist and you, you, you can do and gains and height and pop on waves that um, not many other bodyboarders in the world can and obviously your timing's unbelievable. You draw excellent lines in the sections and you can read beach breaks and, and, and reef breaks alike, you know, almost to the millimetre. But I was just wondering what is the next move in bodyboarding for Antonio Cardoso? Because, man, you go so high, but... Bro, the next move is try to do it's try to do two rotations in the air. I I tried already. It's fucking hard. It's really hard. It's you lo- you lose your balance in the air because you go too high. So here I think I just needed to st- I just need to start you know not seeking for the biggest ramp of my life, just seeking speed, you know, the most speed that I ha- that I can have, you know, and try to do two rotations, you know, like a 720. And there is bodyboards that I have done, you know, I'm not different from them. I can achieve the same speed. So I have sweet uh, brand new sur- uh, bodyboards here that PP really perfect um, and they are really fast and I cannot wait to grab those ramps at home just to try to do the 720 because once one I remember when I had these goals to do different uh, different moves I did uh, air reverse um, uh, invert air to to reverse you know very reverse here in uh, Praia do Norte huge invert in the mouth and then just at, in the middle in the air I just twist and I rotate my neck to the side and I did a perfect uh, air reverse you know just after the invert so that kept in my mind also for a long time that was a really nice uh, move that I did uh, actually I'm going to share this one after in, in my Instagram I will I would love people to watch it again and yeah, the, my next move is just a 720. I'm going for one line only, full speed. When you're surfing huge waves, you don't need to do a lot of bottom turns. It's all about, you know, saving your energy on the top of the wave after the takeoff. Just stay there, you know, hold, hold, hold. And when you know it's, it's the ramp is coming towards you, you get that, you know, that anticipation time. Just go down as fast as you can. One bottom turn is enough. One long bottom turn. And then you can, between that full speed and the, and, you know, because if it's one bottom turn only, you go straight to the base. And then you, when you're coming high, high line, straight to the business, when you hit that lip, you can, if you go anticipated, you always can, okay, no, no, it's a little early. Oh, no, it's a game, bro, oh, a little further. Because you have the speed, so you don't need to worry about nothing else. The speed is the main thing, you know, for the for the airs. So you just need to hold, hold in that peak, and then just uh, go for it. Because all the ramps here in Nazareth are all different. It's not like front-on. It's that 20 meters line up. It's, the ramps are always in the same spot. In uh, Praia do Norte, in Nazaré, it's, it's a game, bro. It's, you, you come from a frame to the other. Sometimes in unpredictable waves, it's, it's, where, it's where your... Those unpredictable waves, it's where your um, opportunity is, you know? You need to keep an eye every time, you know? So that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why I love beach breaks, you know? They're always unpredictable. Every wave, it's different. Uh, I'm waiting for that opportunity. It's not like you go surf, you warm up. Uh, today I'm going to do that 720, you know. <laughs> Once I yeah, do yeah, it, yeah. don't worry, I'm gonna, we're going to do another podcast. How, how did you felt on that 720? And that will, I, will, I will tell you the sensation, you know. My bodyboarding oh. goals is just that, keep improving. Because, bro, I, I know I achieved the level that my, my bodyboarding level is going nowhere, bro. 
So because I'm, I'm doing a lot of more like 90% uh, surfing, when I grab my boogie, bro, the motivation is like 300%, you know? Because I want to know how I feel, how, how I'm carving that rail, you know. But when the waves are good, I don't even think about this. I just want to fly and do the biggest barrel of the day, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's, so, it's, easy to, it's so easy to job. Now, now I'm saying it's easy, but I've been doing body, bodyboard almost for uh, 17 years, you know, professionally, you know, competing. My knowledge is going nowhere, bro. It's just getting better and better. Yeah, add it on, stack it up like a, a Uno stack. I feel you, man. Um, <laughs> dude, you, you, you know, like I usually try and do a little section at the end of the potties where I'll ask uh-huh. um, people five questions or so, and I would love uh-huh. to hear your Tell thoughts, me. my bruv. Um, talking about like, you know, lining up the biggest, biggest ramps, getting all the speed on the inside rail. What type of board would you be using for this? Would it either be a crescent or a bat tail? Crescent tail. Crescent tail, it's uh, easier to carve when you're in the base. I mean, uh, bad tail, uh, you can achieve higher speeds. The thing is, the boards nowadays, they are so good. The, 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 the foam is really good. Um, I prefer to use really resistant boards, even though it's going to be painful landing, whatever. But uh, if, you, if you go smooth on the, on the, on the white wash, it's okay. But... For, for gaining that speed, your board needs to be, you know, sharp, needs to be a knife too, you know. She, she don't, doesn't need to, to be really thick, you know. She needs to be thin and uh, super resistant, you know, super strong to be as fast as, as possible. The thing is, yeah, the other side is, <laughs> I, I was using NRG, you know, uh, but, but that foam is really... Um, it's good for landings, but the thing is, once you you use that board more for t- two months or three months, it's it's gonna lose speed. You know, she's heavier. She, she's not that uh, you know strong anymore. So I prefer to use brand new boards. I have three here, here brand new. I didn't even touch, and I cannot wait to just put them in the water because they are gonna be fast, bro. You know, they're gonna be weapon, <laughs> speed weapon. For the ramp. Someone get a speed gun on that man. Um, yeah, ramp or pit? Sir. What? Ramp or pit? Both, you know, but uh, for bodyboarding, it's all about ramps. It's all about flying, you know, feeling the breeze under your knees, you know? <laughs> I like that one, feeling the breeze underneath your knees. It's lovely. It's, it's how I feel, bro. I feel a little cold inside my knees when I'm too high, you know? It's the gravity. Yeah, that could also be the TAC. I I know what you mean. Um, Dolphin cut fins or other design fins, my bro? Churchill. Churchill fins. Yeah, dolphin. I thought you said Crossing legs. Cross that leg. Bro, bodyboard to be well done needs to be stylish too, you know? I love your style, bro. Australian style forever. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, Beachy or Reef Antonio? Uh, whew. beach break. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and finally, bicep or wrist leash. Um, reach leash. I know I like the stronger ones. The for the um, yeah bicep bicep leash, the strongest ones for the yeah arm. yeah. The yeah, the um, for the, the yeah those those re- I I. I don't like it that much, you know. It's t- too much leash in front of my eyes, you know. I want it to be loose here, you know. <laughs> get the way, <laughs> get out of my way, you know. The leash needs to be small, <laughs> needs to be thick, you know. And uh, when it's too long, bro, I, I give to someone else. There, there you go. You just use this leash. I'm gonna buy, and I'm gonna buy a new one. <laughs> I need that leash to be strong and to to be short and really thick. You know, eight eight millimeters at least. Otherwise, the waves I'm surfing, it's going to break. And I know it. I felt it. I experienced it. Oh, it's the worst when you can feel a leash stretching out underneath a wave and you're just praying for it not to snap. And then you hear that little... And you're like, ah. And sometimes here the wave is so big and you you cannot uh, understand, okay, I feel like I'm outside, you know, in the lineup. But, you know... 
you're not, you know, and that big mama is just breaking in front of you, 10 meters in front of you, and you don't even realize that. Then suddenly you have this huge wave that, bro, it's hard. It, you, you cannot deck dive that thing. You cannot. So I just let it go the board to the side, and straight away that thing just... Uh, just breaks, bro. It's a, uh, it's a uh, mathematic. I knew, I know it's gonna break. So um, I prefer to use brand new leashes every single time I'm going to surf here in Azure. You know. Brand yeah, man. New. It's like using a brand new condom every time. It's advisable. It's definitely advisable. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> you need to. If if you were surfing smaller waves, you don't care about that. It's okay. Everything is learning. But now yeah, you know. Just go you, know naked. you know the big deal. Okay, you know the big deal. I feel you. I feel you, bro. It's been such a pleasure having you on the potty, Antonio. I love Thank you. Thank you so the way much. Work, Thank you, bro. And I'm glad I did this first podcast with you. Okay. Yeah, it's sick to take your podcast virginity. I'm so into that. Usually, like it's a bit of a taboo thing, but man, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. No, you do it really well, and it's easy talking to you. It's sweet, bro. And you, you, you're talented here. You can, you really introduce really well. Okay. Thanks, man. Thank you, no dude. Worries. I really appreciate no that. Easy no when I got cool people to talk to, man. All right, bro. Okay. Thank you so much. I hope it went really well for you guys. Thank you for listening to me. Um, and thank you, Riptide Magazine. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, giddy up. All I'm right, stoked. man. Obrigado. Okay. Obrigado. Speak to you soon. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was all a pipe dream. Watching bodyboarding up on TV. Deep at reef. Watching tension repeats. Eating